1: This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp. So no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training, this critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. And before we get started, we would just like to introduce ourselves. So Ruby, why don't you start us off?
2: Sure. My name is Ruby Compton. I'm the summer camp program director at Green River Preserve. We're a co-ed residential program uh, located in the heart of the Blue Ridge Mountains in western North Carolina in the United States. And we are focused on connecting children with nature. Thank you.
3: Gab? And my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Camp is an all-girls camp situated in the Laurentian Mountains, and we focus on the positive girl community.
1: And I'm Beth Allison, co-owner of Camp Hacker and Go Camp Pro. I was an executive director of Five Children's Summer Camps for 15 years in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada, and I'm now a consultant with my husband, Travis, and I specialize in leadership training. So our topic today is called Managing Up, Training Your Board and Your Bosses. Ruby, why don't you tell us why we decided to talk about this?
2: Sure. So I think a lot of our listeners have somebody who's above them, whether it's a board or executive directors or camp owners, whoever it might be. And the reality of it is there are going to be times that you need things from them. You may need things or decisions or actions uh, or support. And so there are certain ways and tactics, I think, that we all have learned uh, to be more successful in in getting those and getting what you need and things that are less successful as well. So we thought it would be a good idea to share some tips with you. And we all have really different backgrounds with this too. So we think it's going to be a pretty interesting discussion today.
1: Great, thanks. So let's get started. Gab, how do you get what you need from those above you in your organization? Well, my organization, uh, Camp Waro's, uh is
3: uh, family-owned and run. Uh, so my parents own uh, Camp Waro and I work for them. I do not own part of the business. Um, and that's a, that's a relationship that you have to work on from, from the very beginning. So something that was important to my parents was that I, I worked and went to different camps um as well as when i worked at woro i i started at the bottom and worked my way up like anybody else did uh, so those and and some you know and <laughs> yes, some and some. any, any um, shout out to all those camp kids out there um <laughs> <laughs> raking those leaves um i think uh, for us it's it's a really honest communication and there's also because of family dynamics and because of boundaries there's also, we create sort of camp talk time and then family time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, specifically, Jackie can't, doesn't call me after a certain time of the day to talk about camp. And uh, we have Sunday talks, which are just, you know, family-oriented, where I just talk with her and my, and my father. Um, but creating those clear boundaries are very, very important. And then also being part of or expressing my, you know, one-year plan uh, and then five-year plan is also an important part of our, of our relationship because things shift every year and, um, their expectations of me shift and my expectations of where I'm at in my life also shifts. So, um, just having that set up from the beginning. So we have a, a fall conversation, uh, the three of us and I talk about where I'm going, what I'm upset about, and, uh, also what I'm happy about and what I'm excited about. and We try to, you know, hear each other out that way.
1: That's great. I love the idea of boundaries, Mm-hmm. And no, yeah. no camp discussions when uh, when it's family time. I really think that's important.
3: Yeah, and I, and that's from learned. I, mm. I we did. I did have eleven o'clock at at night phone calls from my mom about camp, and it was hard. And I didn't realize it was hard until I was getting panic attacks later on. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Why am I feeling so horrible?" Because every time the phone rang, I didn't know if it was about work or if she right. wanted to just say hi. And now it's just, it's so much clearer and it's, it's, it's just, it, ju- it was just a conversation that needed to be had, but when it's family, it's so easy to just, you know, let those boundaries, you know, blur, fade yes. away, if you will. And so creating those are, it's actually really, really nice and it's intentional. So it's, it's what we try to do at camp is create like intentional <laughs> action and it is, and it's lovely. And, um, I've said this before, but during the summer, I'm part of my thing is I get a care package from my mother. Oh, that's great. I, and I get it twice, once in July, and once in August. And that's, that's,
1: that will always go. That's part kind of my thing. <laughs> it's <the> tradition. <laughs> yes. Nice. Ruby, what about you? Your experience is a little different than Gab's. Sure. So um,
2: I bring to the table a couple of years uh, working on camp admin in a seasonal role at a YMCA camp. So, you know, there was a very traditional, we had, you know, a, a very active board that, was larger than really anything I had much interaction with. And we had an executive director and then three kind of camp directors that I worked really closely with. Now I'm in an organization that is a nonprofit. So we have a board, but we're a young organization. And our board was really founded to um, be there to support, but largely not ask a lot of questions. And so um, the executive directors uh, are my bosses. We are also an organization in transition where the next generation... Um, is coming in as the directors, who are also all family. So I am in a uh, family-operated organization, um, and I'm not family. So there's lots of intricacies that come with that. Um, But I think across the board in either of those situations, um, one of the things that I found to be really, really important is asking for reviews. And in a small organization, I think it can be really easy to bypass that and not let it happen um but asking for annual reviews we do one-on-one evaluations with all of our staff during the summer and i went to my immediate supervisor this year and said the expectation is you're going to do these on me as well um and and she was honestly a little hesitant about it at the beginning and then by the end of the summer was like i'm really glad we set aside this time to do so um, so making sure that those reviews are happening at least on an annual basis um, but if not that uh, or, or more frequent, frequent is better. So, asking for those to happen, I think. Also, um, I've talked about before asking your summer staff to write down what are the expectations that you have as uh, have of us, the administrative team. I think that's a really important question to ask of those above you, uh, and that was a question I actually asked in my interview when I interviewed at Green River and I said, you know, what are some things that you've seen program directors do that really, really worked and things that were really challenging? Um, And then follow up, like, how do you see me fitting into that, you know? (laughs) But I think if you came into an interview and asked that coming into the middle management role, I think that's a really smart question to ask. And it's gonna give you some interesting insights about the job and about how those directors view that position and what are some things that they value and what are the things that they have frustrations with? Um, so those would be kind of the first two pieces of advice I would, I would throw out there is asking what are your expectations of me? And then, and also second part of that is sharing what your expectations of them are uh, because it's really hard to create successful relationships if people don't know what each party is expecting.
1: Great. And moving on to me, I have a completely different experience. So for those listeners who work in agency camping, I hope I can shed some light on things in the way that we uh, handled stuff. So in my experience, I worked for the Presbyterian Church in Canada. So Travis and I reported to a volunteer board and to the Presbyterian Church via our synod, which is a geographical region filled with representatives. And the geographical region is about the size of Texas and Montana combined. And they met once a year to vote on major financial issues and about the future of camping in our Senate. During the year, we also had to report uh, bimonthly to the Senate executive who had power to make decisions for Senate throughout the year. So as you can probably imagine, that is a whole lot of people who either knew nothing about camp, uh, had never been to any one of our camps or had any real connection with them. So there were, of course, some folks who had grown up in camping and who had a love for and an affiliation with us, but their numbers were really small, so it was always an uphill task. And we were given 30 minutes every annual synod meeting in the fall to tell people about camp, about our successes that year, about our financial situation, our plans for the future, et cetera, et cetera, and then expect them to vote on whether or not they would continue our grant and all kinds of other important pieces of information. The other factor was that the representatives who met at our annual synod in the fall changed every year because churches would send new people. So we were always re-educating. So for us, that was the key piece: was educating the shareholders and keeping them up to date with what was happening at camp, telling our stories in a way that shed as much light as possible in a really short period of time on what a camp experience can do for campers, for staff, for their families, for volunteers, for all the people involved. And educating them all about camp in that short period of time was obviously impossible. Um, So we did it throughout the year as well. We visited churches every Sunday through the fall and into the early spring. We held camp events in the city throughout the winter, um, you know, like a winter carnival type event where we used our summer staff to come and help us run it. We sent out monthly newsletters to all the congregations. We sent out separate newsletters to every minister every month and we got to know as many of them as we possibly could on a personal level, and we had over 250 congregations that we had to deal with. We also invited them to camp during the summer to visit, to drive up kids from their congregations, and then of course we would be prepared to give them tours. And we held annual events in the spring at camp, too. So we had various ones over the years, like a Saturday for choirs. And we invited any church choir that wanted to come and sing together. That was one of our favorite days. We had a blast. Um, Or congregations could use the site for an annual school picnic or all those kinds of things. We did whatever we could to build relationships and to get the people to know all about the work that we did so that when those ministers or their elders appeared at synod, we were not unfamiliar faces on the radar and they knew about the work that we were doing. So for us, educating them was a really key piece. Gab, what other piece of advice have you got on that question?
3: Um, For me, I think... um it's about, it is really about a partnership. Um, so the expectation piece is, is very important. Uh, and, and being able to speak to your boss, uh, frankly is, is part of that. That's why they've hired you. And sometimes that's, that's really difficult. But if, if you don't put yourself out there and tell them maybe if there's a behavior that they need to shift or, um, or if, if they're lacking in their work, because we, sometimes we end up waiting for answers or we end up waiting for, uh, you know, there's a number of reasons and, and they might have very good reasons for that. But basically just like you'd be supervising any other staff member, you also need to have similar expectations with your boss and, and, uh, you have to be transparent about that. And, um, some yes. people are able to, take that information and they're able to, to roll with it and others aren't very good at it. But I think for me, the rule of thumb is just expressing how that is for you. So if it's difficult to approach that boss, uh, you can ask them, well, how do you want me to approach? Do you want me to approach you? Or do you disagree with this? Is this something? And, and that's the way I go about it. And I do give feedback to Jackie Um, and that's something we've been doing for a really long time. So now it's, it's, it's old hat and she takes it very, very well. And I think that, um, the the privilege of a, of an owner, a boss, uh, their privilege is to run the organization the way they see fit. And sometimes it's not the best way. And our privilege is to, uh, stay or go. That's, that's basically it. So if you don't agree with how they're doing things and it's and it's wearing on you, it's not working out, then maybe that's not the place for you because at the end of the day it is their organization. And um you can either stick it out or you can or you can head out, is basically. So that's our privilege. And uh before you do that, I try as much as possible to be as transparent and and open and honest, but that's that's what it comes down to basically. And uh if you're working for your parents, that's a really hard thing to uh, absorb maybe but that's that's basic that's the reality that is the absolute reality so they're allowed to run it the way they want to run it that's what it comes down to and do you fit in that is that's what you have to discuss with them
1: great and we always try to teach our counseling staff and our leadership teams how to deal with people and we need to be able to take that advice for ourselves and and deal with our bosses in the same way which is difficult
3: Yeah. It's not, it's not to be too harsh here. Like,
1: no, no, not at all.
3: (laughs) Well, time to quit guys. Uh, but it, but it's just, it is the reality. They're allowed to run their organization the way they want to. Your responsibility is to give your opinion and then, uh, your right is to stare or to, or to go. That's, that's what it comes down to.
1: Great. Thanks, Gab. Yeah. Ruby, what else you got on that question?
2: So I also was going to make a statement about transparency. (laughs) um, (laughs) So I think one of the big tickets to that, obviously, is communication. And um, so a tangible tool that we implemented last summer um, after getting feedback that there was a feeling that there wasn't a good flow of communication up the chain mm. and that, you know, the directors above us wanted to be involved with summer camp. And, and this was totally one of those like, well, I thought I was hired just to run summer camp. So why do you need to be involved <laughs> with summer camp? So right. we had that philosophical shakeout we had to figure out. Uh, And then it was like, okay, well, so how can we communicate with with all of our schedules and everything that goes on during the summer? So what I ended up developing was using Google Forms, I made a daily report. Um, And so the decision was there needed to be some sort of daily contact or daily review of this is what happened today at camp. But the reality of it is sitting down to an email, like a blank email screen (laughs) with just that cursor blinking is horrifying. And I don't want to do that, especially at 11 o'clock at night after I've been dealing with issues all day. And so during the off season, when I had some, you know, mental power, um, (laughs) made a Google form that just basically, you know, asked the date and who was filling out the report and then asked questions like, uh, were there any camper issues today? Were there any staff issues today? Any facilities or maintenance things that need to be passed on? What are the announcements for tomorrow? Um, And any other notes that need to be addressed? And so it, it, you know, it's five questions, maybe, and they're there laid out for me. And so I pull up this Google form, I fill it out, and I used a, an add on to Google Forms that as soon as I hit submit on the form, it generates an email that goes into all of our directors' email boxes. And so what's cool is A, we have a paper trail from the whole summer. Uh, and so we know every day what time was, what you know, what the directors, what Sarah and I were spending our time on but also what were the issues we were seeing and how that development played out. But it was also really great because if I wasn't at breakfast and somebody else saw this situation, they could jump in and they already had a little bit of context. Um, Or if a counselor came up freaking out, they already kind of knew a little bit about the situation. It wasn't like they were starting from scratch. So I think that that improved not only our communication among our team, but also improved the unified front feel that we want our staff to, to feel like they have from the administrative team as a whole. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit labor intensive and you, know, you get to 10.30 and you're like, oh, I just got in bed and I forgot to do my daily report. But what was great is I could even do it on my phone. I could do it from my Kindle sitting in my bed. It was really <laughs> easy and um, it was just a new part of the routine that did a lot for communication this year.
1: Smart, very it- smart.
3: Did, I love it. Did, now, could you tell if people, if the, your su- supervisors were reading? Did they comment? How did yeah, how that part go?
2: So ours wasn't set up for much kind of discussion. It was more like, here's, here's the report, here's what's been going on. Um, but I'm sure that there are ways and forums that you could set up. That was just kind of the easiest routine for us. Um, I, you know, one way that I could definitely see it being done is on, like, Campminder, you have a bulletin board. You could type in notes there and you can actually see there where people have viewed it and can make comments on those specific things. Um, If there was a lot of back and forth, because there was occasionally questions about stuff, a lot of times it would just be a reply all email. And so we'd all get the email response of, oh, well, tell me more about this situation or whatever it was, but um, for us, Adding everybody else reading some email and me generating an email was a much easier process than kind of implementing a whole new, you know, here's this new app or this
1: software or whatever, but you got to figure out what works for you. Yeah, totally. Great. Uh, I talked a bit about our synod and having to deal with those issues, but we dealt far more closely with our volunteer board. Now, our board often changed people and they usually served a three-year term So educating them, of course, was also a part of our job, and we made it a part of every board meeting. So when Travis and I were directing, we would have an educational piece as part of every agenda. We would make up a schedule of the year's meetings ahead of time at the beginning of the year and divide up what they needed to know into smaller bits, one for each meeting. So things like programs or staffing or maintenance of the site or our jobs what did we actually do in the off season things like that and we would show slides actual slides that dates me that tells you how long ago we used to do that um, from a slide projector um, when we started out but of camp programs to make sure they understood all that was involved in running them so the cost staff training courses how to protect the buildings and equipment through the winter all that kind of stuff And we usually took about 15 minutes. And even though we did have some board members who would sometimes complain about it and feel like it wasn't necessary because they had very busy lives and they just wanted to get down to business, we insisted on it. And it was a really healthy part of their education. We knew that if they knew more about camp, they could make better decisions when they needed to vote on things. The other thing that we did with our board was insist that one meeting a year was held at camp. It was our May meeting, and in addition to the board meeting, we had a tour of the site and all of its buildings, again, so that they were familiar every year with what needed to be taken care of. And they were hosted by our spring staff, so they got to meet this young, fierce group of people who were working really hard to care for their children and, and the place, and they got to hear their stories so they were invited to stay overnight some of them did and some didn't and if they did we continued their experience with our spring staff and we had an evening program and a campfire and all that good kind of stuff and our board really got to know the people in charge so not just Travis and me but our staff as well. With boards I think it's also really incredibly important to be prepared for every meeting and for follow-up afterwards. Most boards are made of volunteers who have really busy lives and because of the type of people who volunteer for boards, they're usually involved in all kinds of other boards too, whether it's at school with the PTA or, um, you know, in their son's hockey league or their daughter's hockey league, whatever it happens to be. Our job was camp and that was full time. So we knew that we needed to oversee them even though their job was to oversee us. So we needed to be upfront and honest and tell them what we needed from them And then we had to make sure to connect with them between board meetings to make sure they were getting done what they said they would do between board meetings and do that kind of follow up. If there was ever a big and controversial vote that was kind of looming on the horizon, and we had a few of those in our career, we would have conversations with individuals prior to the meeting to be sure that we had people who understood all of that issue and who would fight for that issue if it ever came to that on our behalf. Because although we could speak at board meetings, we never had a vote. And in, in the years when we had a really great board, we didn't have to, to have those individual conversations. But there were years when not every board member was a team player, shall we say, and who did make our lives much more difficult, despite all their really good intentions for us. So we knew that we had the big picture and we had to do what we needed to care for camp that included finding the right board members. So in the beginning, when we took over, we went out and found people who would make really great additions to the board, who had a vast variety of skills and who we felt would not only understand the importance of camp the way we did, but who would help to keep us on the right track, who would ask us the really hard questions, and who would help us see the things that we missed, and who had knowledge and experience that we did not And then we would ask them to apply to be board members. So it's kind of like stacking the deck, but it was important because we weren't trying to get people on the board who would just do our bidding, because that would be really unhealthy for everybody. But we were out there finding people who were best for the future of camp. And this was a never ending job. I think that that's important to state, to when we were doing this for 15 years together, we were always on the lookout for new people who would make a great addition to the camp board. And one just cautionary note before we move on, my experience taught me that it's best not to have the parent of a staff member on the board. So we found that out the hard way. But I really think that they should wait until their child is no longer on staff to be involved or excuse themselves when their child does become a staff member because it's just uh, too big a conflict of interest even with the best people. So that would just be my cautionary note. And often camp parents do make great board members. But it was just that timing when their child was on staff that seemed to make things a little difficult. So why don't we move on to our next and last question? Are there specific phrases, terminology, strategies that you've found to be particu- particularly useful when you're talking to your superiors? Or what happens when those best efforts don't work? So Gab, why don't we start off with you?
3: My favorite um, sentence is,
1: dude, come on.
3: <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> I th- you know, it, it, com- it comes down to transparency, uh, as Ruby and I were talking about earlier, and it comes down to uh, really w- you care about your supervisor and um, you're trying to make things better. So I, I think it's, it's it, my, my rule of thumb is sincerity. And my rule of thumb is to try to connect to how you feel. Um, I'm speaking from a personal stand, stand, um, from personal point of view, but if it's towards your parents or somebody that's almost feels like a parent, because, um, as you know, the longer you're at camp, there's the, those lines start to get blurred as well. Mm-hmm. And it's connect to that person as a person and talk to them. And it comes from a place where you're, you're, you're being very caring. And, of course, they want you to be able to to, to share. Um, and also to be careful to understand where your feelings are coming from. Is this an accumulation of something that doesn't belong in the workplace? And uh, we need to put that aside and deal with that later. And so, um, for me, my parents are two very different individuals. Uh, <laughs> yes, one's are. quite calculated <laughs> and level-headed. And the other one's very passionate and... Um, uh, all over the place and <laughs> and I noticed that with with my father when I would start to when he I'm trying to get things done and he's such a busybody but he would sometimes wanna talk to me about things and I just didn't have time I needed to go and um, you know check on this staff member or make sure I was there at the beginning of a meal and he would start to talk to me and I'd be like I gotta go and I could tell that this was really difficult for him very frustrating and hard and it caused some friction between him and I because he felt like I didn't care about the side of camp that he was talking about. So, about two or three years ago, I I tried as an experiment: what would be the worst thing if I just not show up for meal times, like right on time, and listen to him? Mm-hmm. Because I was treating him like my father and not his boss. And um, and I did that, and it was so, it was a, that little shift, and it was so wonderful because when I kept burned down a so <laughs> lesson learned on my part uh, kids ate everything was fine and b he was trying to connect with me and be excited about something that he was doing and it was exciting and it was lovely and uh, and that was and that was a big that was sort of a big lesson so you know it's, it's just take a break see see if you can change a little bit how you're doing things and also um you know uh, from a child parent standpoint, it is complicated and it can get really intertwined. But if if you can just sit back and say this person's coming is coming from a loving place, I'm coming from a loving place, then most of the time we can really work it out. And I have two other siblings and they work at camp but only sporadically. And that's what works for them. They they come for short periods of time. They do great, great stuff, but the that's that's what works for them. So just as a family you need to really discuss it, but you have to feel like a professional on your on your own as well. So, conversation, conversation,
1: conversation. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, Ruby. What do you have to say to that question?
2: I'm going to echo that a little further. Um, I think so much of managing up is about relationships, and you know, as a camp professional, you were probably pretty good about developing connections and developing relationships, um, whether that's your personal connection or fostering connections with others. Uh, that's probably a skill that you have. And if not, there are probably some great people around you who really have that skill that you can watch and learn from. Something that I so appreciate as a supervisor that has happened for me for the last two years, and I don't know what the the shift has been, that this is a question my staff have started asking me, but I'll be like, hey, you know, how's it going? How are you doing? And my staff will say, oh, great. How are you, Ruby? And and I just have this moment of like, oh, thanks. I don't expect you to ask me that, but thank you. Um, and so that's something I'm, I make sure to ask my supervisors mm-hmm. on a pretty regular basis. Uh, especially if there's a time that I feel like there's a disconnect with us. Um, and, and I try to make it a regular enough occurrence that it's not like, Oh, well, Ruby asked me, how are you? So something must be wrong, you know? Um, but, but making that time to show that I am invested in you as a person, not only as an employee, And you may not feel that way, but if you will go through those motions, you will probably get to a place where you do. Uh, And that's something that I have struggled with in the past of just people that I don't necessarily connect with right away. One of the best ways for me to be able to work with them is to spend some time getting to know them. And that's like the last thing that I may want to do. And so knowing those sort of things about yourself and how to set up positive relationships and connections with those people above you, I think... A personal relationship can go a long way. Doesn't mean you have to be best friends. Doesn't mean you have to hang out all the time. But it does mean that um, you might be more comfortable talking more frankly or sharing. Like, look, let me just be real honest. This is what I need to to feel like I can continue in this job, and that's a much easier conversation to have when there is a personal relationship there. Yes. Um, so, and that's something you know. I will go to my to my supervisors periodically and say, like, hey, can we go to dinner? I feel like I haven't just talked in a while. Um, that's something that will happen at conferences sometimes, too. Like, going to dinner with my friends, I will go just with my bosses so we can have a little bit of time together. Um, so asking how are you and, and taking that little bit of time, whether it's outside of work or, or informally, to build those relationships is so, so critical And that is a skill you can use not only for your bosses, but with your board members, too, as Beth was saying.
1: Absolutely. Um, For me, I want to front load this sentence by saying, I mean, not in any backhanded way, and I mean only with integrity. But sometimes you just need to learn to play the game. So in our situation with the type of organization we had, I know there are many camps out there, church camps or not, um, that have this kind of setup. You need to learn to play the game to make sure camp is taken care of and that so are you. So I have three really quick tips for you. But again, I mean to do this with great integrity when I say play the game. Um, Make sure that you have a team of people who are your true supporters. And we called them our friendlies. And these were ministers, parents, board members who we knew got it and who fully understood the importance of what we were doing who were there to speak up for us at board meetings or at synod meetings, or who knew the political landscape, so for us that was for the Presbyterian Church, and who knew the right language to use or the right people to talk to. These were, we're back to relationships, but these were the relationships that we cultivated over time. These were people of integrity that we could trust and with whom we could have confidential conversations. And here's the important thing. They didn't always agree with us. They told it to us straight. And although they supported camp and its ministry fully, they were not yes people who just did our bidding. They were really wise and we always appreciated their wisdom. And keeping them educated about camp and its issues, having coffee with them through the year, or now you could have Skype call, allowed us to be able to count on them when an important vote was happening in the synod meetings and when it was being on voted on by people who really didn't know the camp issue at all. And these supporters would make calls ahead of time for us who would show up at the synod and have their say, who would tell us who we should talk to and words that we should use to appeal to this larger audience. And they really helped us navigate the waters. Number two would be to make sure you have a board member whose only job it is, is to look out for you. They make sure that your interests as a director are taken care of when decisions are made. They make sure that you're okay when difficult things happen during the summer or during the year. And while every other board member has that responsibility of putting camp first, and that's as it should be, this one board member puts you as the director or the directing team first. And this wasn't a secret. The board knew about this person. And then when discussions happen or votes take place, they're always thinking of how things will affect you and your position, your salary, your sanity, your vacation time, the training that you need, etc. We had really wonderful caretakers over the years who would call us every week of the summer or visit us in person and bring us care packages and send cards and do all that kind of stuff. It allows you to do your job to the best of your ability when you know that one person on your board has your back and then you don't have to worry about having your own back. So that was really key for us. And the third thing is if you have to deal with a board or a larger organization like a church synod, do what you do best and be campy. So, for example, even though we were ever only allotted 30 minutes during our annual synod meeting, we always went overtime. And people always allowed the, us that because our reports were really different from all the other reports at the, that meeting that were just read aloud. Ours included singing and photos and videos. And we'd bring in staff and campers and we played games and we'd do the odd magic trick to illuminate our point. Or we made it experiential. We cared for the people who were in our care during the time that we were given. We also got our staff out in front of them during that two-day meeting. We offered to lead worship. We had staff there to meet and greet during coffee breaks. We sang for them. We let them get to know us as people. And when they saw these young adults acting the way professional camp people do... They really felt more responsible about the decisions that they had to make for us and felt more confident that we actually knew what we were doing. So if you can't get them to camp, then bring camp to them and let them experience what we all know, even if it's just for a short period of time, and then it will make a really big difference. So those would be my three tips there if you've got those kinds of people to deal with. And we're at that time in our show where the beautiful Gabrielle is going to give us a recap. Ah already. All right. Uh managing up. I just want
3: to say we we come from such different backgrounds and it really is uh it is it just actually shifts your job quite a bit, doesn't it? Yes it's, your job <laughs> is actually different uh due to who you're um who you're working for. So that's mm. that is very, very cool. Um all right, so uh, bottom line, here we go. How to manage up, so how to get what you want is basically what we're talking about today. Very important annual reviews, annual expectations, Uh, what are the expectations of both parties? Uh, Should I stay or should I go is something you need to ask yourself uh, every single year to make sure that you're working for the right people at the right time in your life. Uh, find your friendlies and be campy, bring your staff, I love that Beth, it's like advertisement for your board is amazing, Um, make sure that you're keeping records and get those people involved in what you're doing, if you can bring them to camp, bring them to camp, if you need to write a report like Ruby does, and Ruby a lot of people are listening to you and think you're amazing, but a lot of us are saying there's no way we're doing that, Um, transparency is super super important and so is communication, Uh, and make sure uh, above all Um, that you're able to include as much as possible uh, your own personalities as well as the people that you work for. Uh, And that is what I, en bref, as we say in French, that we talked about today.
1: (laughs) I think this is my favorite part of the show. Thanks, Gab. (laughs) Uh, But uh, seriously, Ruby, that's crazy. I mean, I... (laughs) As you were I, think it's
3: brilliant. It, I, was, I was writing, I was like, this is so smart. And then I was like, I'm totally doing this. And then my m- m- my other side was like laughing at me. I was like, stop <laughs> laughing. Stop mocking me. I can do this. And it was, and then she was on the ground rolling, wiping her tears off of her face. And she was like, you're hilarious. Stop it. Stop it. I can't handle it. So I'm works for you. But I think it's amazing i'm 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 almost thinking like, who can help me do this because I think it's so important i do I really do I think it's it's wonderful, so and I'm sure there's some other people that do it, and they're great too. yeah, good I, job, those you guys. good job
1: <laughs> I think when you when you sort of take the whole thing and look at it, it's all about communication and relationships, which yeah. is what camp is all about anyway. yeah, so we're just telling you, don't forget to include your bosses in that. As well. Yeah,
3: exactly. And prove yourself. If you've been working at Kent for a really long time, you do need to keep proving yourself. Prove yourself to yourself. Prove yourself to your bosses. Come up, you know, keep evolving. This is, don't get comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And here's how you can get involved with us. So join us. Uh, using the hashtag campcode. We'd love to know what topics you would like us to discuss, any guests you would recommend that we talk to, great leadership training tips that you have to share with us. We would love to hear from you because we all know that we're all about sharing in this industry. And if you found our podcast to be useful, you can leave us a rating and a review for us in iTunes. That would help us a lot. So you can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes. Or you can always tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash camp code love. So your feedback helps us keep the show going and helps us know what issues you'd like us to talk about. And I'm just going to put a little plug out there for you that if you're going to be at ACA National in Atlanta, Georgia... This February, Camp Code will be there doing another session about how we would run leadership training. Woo-hoo. So we're getting excited about that. Yeah. If you can't wait for February and you'd like to contact us before then, this is how you do that. Ruby, how do we get a hold of you?
2: Sure, you can email me, Ruby at greenriverpreserve.org. You can also follow me on Instagram, it's Ruby
3: Outdoors or on Twitter, Lynn 85
1: Thank you. And Gab, how do we find you?
3: You can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Gabrielle Rail, or uh, you can check out where I work at waro, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com.
1: Thanks. You can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv. You can find all about all about us at camphacker.tv or at gocamp.pro or using hashtag camphacker on Twitter. Ruby, do you want to tell us what our next podcast is going to be about? Indeed. So our next podcast is titled 10 Things
2: Your Staff Don't Want to Hear, But You Need to Tell Them Anyway.
1: Mm, My brain is already percolating thoughts about how do I narrow it down. Exactly. Our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or your most effective tips so that we can share them with everybody. And again, you can tell us what they are using the hashtag camp code. This week, we're going to hear from Ruby. So
2: uh, my best practice today totally applies to our topic, and it comes courtesy of Dr. Chris Thurber and Scott Arizala uh, at last year's ACA National in New Orleans. They did an epic cafe where generally you go to a session with them at the big conferences, and there's you know 100, 200 people in the room. But they did um, a couple of just short, informal sessions with the emerging professionals in camping, and so there were maybe you know 25 of us in the room um, for about 30 minutes, and it was they did a a great one last year that was basically just stump the hunks. So we (laughs) we were offered to be able to ask any questions we wanted. And one of the questions that came up from our Epic crew was, you know, how do we approach changes that we want to see with our bosses and and make it happen? You know, especially as somebody who may be new in that director role or has tried and has failed. And they gave some phenomenal advice and it is totally a technique I've used since then. Um, And it is getting your, your boss or your director or your board of directors, whoever it might be, that you need their help in solving this problem. And making sure that they observe the problem. And so, you know, whether it's maybe your mealtime is really chaotic. And so at some point, sitting down with that person and saying, hey, have you noticed that mealtimes are just really kind of loud and chaotic? Is so, have you noticed that? And they go, yeah, yeah, I have. And you go, yeah, you know, I don't, do you have any ideas for what we could do to, to make this better? And they kind of go, I don't know. And you're like, you know, I've... One thing, I've, I've, maybe this would work. Can I, can I toss out an idea to you? And they go, yeah, yeah, tell me about it. And so you get to the point where, um, in retrospect, they may have even think that they were the one who came up with the idea if you steer the conversation the right way. Uh, but I love the phrase of, have you noticed? Uh, instead of coming in, charging and saying, this is wrong, or this needs to be changed, or I don't like this, but have you noticed uh, may be a great way to start that question and keep the dialogue going on a little bit longer.
1: Great. Thanks, Ruby. And thank you, Chris Thurber and Scott Arizala. Mm-hmm. So that wraps up our episode for today. Don't forget to join us using the hashtag camp code and thanks for the listening friends.
0: Please remember no other industry shares its best practices. The way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a camp hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The camp code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison summer camp leadership training, and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends.
1: Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.